Okay, ready? Good evening, this is Peter Coleman. I am a faculty member at Columbia University on faculty at the Earth Institute and at Teachers College, and I'm a psychologist who studies peace and conflict, and I direct the International Center for Cooperation and Conflict Resolution at Teachers College, as well as the Advanced Consortium on Cooperation, Conflict, and Complexity, uh, which is situated at the Earth Institute. Uh, and um, today we're going to break format a little bit and have a conversation uh, in this series um, between myself and uh, Nick Redding. Nick is um, on the staff of the Advanced Consortium of Cooperation, Conflict, and Complexity at the Earth Institute um, and also does research on the dynamics of peace and conflict. Um, and we both attended, we helped to design and facilitate and attend uh, something that we called the Dynamical System Innovation Lab this past summer. Um, and so we, and we attended it uh, in slightly, with slightly different roles. I helped initially design it and facilitate it as a sort of core faculty member. And Nick was a participant, but also offered kind of technical support for it. So um, we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the experience of this summer, what this thing was intended to do, what happened, and what the next steps are, just to share what we would call um, a, an innovative approach to this kind of learning experience for experts in the field of peace and conflict. So Nick, thank you for agreeing to have the conversation with me. Thank you for having me. And welcome. Um, and so, uh, so let's just talk for a second about what this thing is. This is, again, was called a Dynamical Systems Innovation Lab. And that meant that there was a, a group of people that work um, in peace building and conflict resolution as either <clears throat> practitioners or as academic scholars who are particularly interested in studying the, their work from a complex systems perspective. Um, and so what does that mean? You want to take a stab at that, Nick? Sure. Well, I mean, what's interesting is that this complex complexity science and this perspective is really, it comes from the natural sciences, the physical sciences, and has kind of been adopted into the social sciences. And, and um, what's interesting about it is it seems to resonate at lots of different levels of practitioners and researchers. So um, the way people take it up is quite different, and yet at the same time we find some commonalities, which is what made this innovation lab so cool. Right. So complexity science is is out of applied mathematics, and it's applying ideas from applied mathematics to try to study things like conflict processes and peace processes in unique ways and new ways to give us some insight. And we worked. We we gathered people who were considered experts in the field. And they were a very eclectic group. Some of them were, there was an evolutionary biologist right. who was interested. There is a physicist, an astrophysicist, uh, Larry Leibovich, who uh, does a lot of mathematical modeling of conflict processes. Uh, Armando Geller. So there were people that were in the more quantitative mathematical um, seat of the discussion. Right. Uh, and then there were many applied practitioners. So there were people that are working on the ground uh, in the peace process in Myanmar, working in South Africa with or across the African continent on many inter-ethnic conflicts. There were people that work on violence in, in Colombia, the country, uh, in urban settings like Newark. Um, so it was a very eclectic group of people. There were also people that, that apply 
sort of ideas from physics and applied mathematics and systems thinking to organizational change and organizational right, right. dynamics. A woman named Glenda Young who's written quite quite a, a bit on that. Um, right. So it was an eclectic group that, and the idea was to try to bring them together for a week and to essentially do two things. One was to try to learn from each other on the state of the art of both science and practice in this area. And the other was to work directly with some community-based organizations that were in this town in Wisconsin. We were in a place called Sheboygan, Wisconsin, which is on Lake Michigan, north of Chicago, about an hour, um, to work with the community-based organizations there to see if we could actually work together in these weird multidisciplinary groups to help people who are trying to address issues of homelessness or address issues of violence in the community, et cetera. I just want to jump in here to this, um, uh, Peter, saying how this was an eclectic group. And experience I had at the very beginning of the lab was uh, meeting a colleague of ours, Danny Burns, at the airport in Milwaukee. And we were collecting together, taking a shuttle up to Sheboygan. And he said, you know, I, I met Peter, I don't know how long ago it was, a couple of years or more. Three, four years. Um, at a conference. And he, remember, he remembered looking at the program, seeing the biographies of all the, the people that were there, seeing Peter's biography and saying, this is probably the person I'll have the least in common with or have the most difficulty discussing this with. And I think that really um, kind of is an example of what this lab was all about, that it turned out actually that that was a relationship that was born out of that meeting that was totally unexpected. Yeah. And because of the commonalities that didn't seem apparent based on just a glance at your work, actually there was a lot of what he would call resonance there that. Yeah, and that's been, again, one of our experiences which is valuable but challenging with these kinds of events is that we have a lot of pure academics and basic researchers uh, and then we have people who are working on the ground in dangerous situations trying to mend relations trying to find a way out of long-term conflicts and they have very different languages and values and orientations about what people should and could can do and so in previous meetings like the meeting Danny uh, Burns referred to which was held by the Berghoff Foundation in Berlin about four years ago, um, there oftentimes is, is a, it's a challenge to find ways to talk to each other in ways that are useful, right? Because if I'm, a, if I'm a pure mathematician and I'm really just interested in the algorithms and the equations um, versus an anthropologist who's been living in Mozambique, working on peace for years, we have a very different worldview as to what's important, what do you do, and how do you work. But... We've also found it to be extremely valuable to have these conversations where we bring these different disparate groups together because the academics learn a ton about what really matters on the ground, what really, what's really important and what resonates. Um, and the applied people learn a great deal from the academics around, well, how do I do, for example, a systems map of a conflict on the ground in South Africa that actually uses current insights, current ideas, current thinking about dynamics, right, from about systems dynamics. And so there's, there's, you know, really breakthrough learning that can happen in both directions um, under the right conditions. 
So that was one of the challenges we faced is that when the core faculty and Nick and some of the other staff got together to kind of figure out how to design a week-long institute where we did this thing, the question was, well, so what do we do? Do we do like a conference and present papers or, or whatever we do? So we, we had a few different approaches to that. Right, right. And definitely the conference idea that didn't resonate well with, with <laughs> the people that uh, the recognition that the that we needed something different and not, we needed to capture that Not death by dialogue. conference. Right, right. 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 And, um, yeah, and so it, it definitely was a risk. I remember hearing the senior faculty talk a lot about, you know, the uncertainty of this, that, you know, with a conference there's a lot of safety in having a, a more strict agenda and, and you know, pre-formatted presentations and, you know, a, a schedule set out. And instead it was, this was, there was an agenda, but it was very fluid. And I think there was a pretty much an expectation that the first day would probably change the, the rest of the week. Which is exactly what happened. And we, <laughs> and we tried to, again, choose people that w were experts in, to some degree, systems and peace in their own unique ways. Uh, we also then tried to share information beforehand in accessible ways so that people could come in up to speed. So we had people, uh, we'd generate about 30 different what we call concept notes, which right. are like two-page overviews of ideas or innovations, uh, you know, thinking about conflict resolution in terms of acupuncture and what does that mean for practice and um, or, uh, you know, how, how do mathematics inform the work that's being done in two pages. Uh, and then we posted those and sent them around and asked everybody to familiarize themselves with it. And, uh, and we asked them to, to do a very specific thing, to read through the concept notes, notes and some of the other readings that we made available and videos, YouTube videos that we sent on complexity and simplicity and, uh, other th and attractor dynamics. Um, and then we asked them to sort of spend some time thinking about, well, what is their basic fundamental approach to changing systems, right? Because that's what we're all trying to do is whether it was people working in development or an organizational change or working to reduce violence in, in Myanmar. They're all trying to change systems. So what are, what are their basic models or assumptions given everything that they read? And so that was the kind of first conversation we had is, is there some shared understanding of how one goes about changing systems and the unintended consequences of that and the pros and cons and the challenges of that? Um, and we spent a little bit of time doing that. But the idea was to try to get everybody more or less to the same place or a similar place to start the process. And it was good pre-work because on that Monday, it wasn't about people presenting their back or their approach, their theories, things like that. That was already presented virtually by sending out these working papers. So it was much more about, okay, we all have a general understanding about what everybody else is doing. So let's start to work towards commonality. Like That was day one. Right. And the design then was adaptive and emergent. So, I mean, Nick can give you a, 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 a quick overview of like a schedule of a typical day, but with a caveat that every morning or every, and every evening, the kind of core faculty got together and said, all right, what do we do now? And what do we do next? And what do we change? And what doesn't work? And what does work? And what's resonating? And what seems to be exhausting people to really make sure that there was good energy in setting it up. But basically, what we primarily did was two things. We allowed for this, uh, a process that's called sort of open space, which um, w meant that people could stand up and say, okay, I'm really interested in having a conversation about current mathematical models in the field and how they might apply to actual practice on the ground. Or 
I'm interested in how how do I work with uh, policymakers and decision makers to to share with them ideas around comp- complex systems and the importance of that. So they would then um, have a session on pedagogy. You know, like what are the compelling exercises that people can use when working with um, policymakers that have no idea of what you're talking about, but give them a, a visceral sense of what works. So we had a lot of these open space sessions where people could propose an idea and then people would sign up if they were interested and then that group would go off and work together for a couple of hours and then come back. Um, but every afternoon, we had the client work. Right. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Right. So another aspect of this that was very different than a typical conference or other kind of event, academic event, was that we were um, the the group that was in um, Sheboygan did some pre-work to uh, set us up to work with a client in Sheboygan, and it was around the con- uh, the um, the theme of homelessness in the community. And so they had arranged to have um, four different members of the community representing. Uh, one was from UNICEF. One was from a, um, a, some aid agency in town. I can't remember the name offhand. The chief of police was there, and an economic development agency person was there. And uh, what we were tasked with is to to try to help them some strategy for moving forward. And you know that it, it's the wording on that. I have to be careful because it's you know these are people who've been working in the community for years, decades, sometimes, and and to assume we could go in and in a week make a huge difference um, would be presumptuous. But at the same time, we had an opportunity to, to try to put some of this stuff to work. And so each day kind of built on the next where we first just heard from them, listened to them, what was going on, asked questions. And then we split up into groups to work with each of those four representatives, representatives of the community for the two next days. And then we worked hard as groups to present some sort of initial not analysis is the wrong word, but some initial impression of what we had heard. Sort of a systems representation of what they were describing and what they thought would be key points of leverage or strategies for change, yeah. Yeah, and then so then we were able to present that to them, give them an opportunity to ask questions, and I think there is some follow-up work happening. Yeah, there was. um, So again, you know, it it was mostly a lab. It was this was an innovation lab, and and these people were open to us coming to their community and helping them think through some of their challenges. And the plan was, can we help introduce uh, systemic uh, metaphors, principles, methods for? complexity mapping of what they're trying to address and strategies for how do you change systems in in stable ways or in sustainable ways. Um, So there were four different groups having four different conversations with these different community-based leaders um, over the week, every afternoon. And then it culminated in, I think, the last Thursday afternoon uh, with uh, sort of presentations of where each of these groups uh, landed, and they were very different. And so there is a website, um, and uh, Nick can give you maybe the, the yeah, address for it. It's basically, it's Conflict Innovation Lab, without any spaces or dashes or anything, dot org, O-R-G. If you go to that, there's the concept notes that we referred to earlier, that people, the two pages, pagers that people just, uh, developed are there. And there's other information about there, but one of the things uh, that is there is some of the uh, notes and descriptions of these sessions and and some of the images, I think, because mm-hmm. that's one of the yeah. more interesting things that come out of this are that the community members with the 
members of the systems team that they were working with would co-create these maps, these complexity visualizations of what they were trying to do, what the challenges and obstacles were, what were things that they could maybe begin to see once they kind of mapped it that they hadn't thought about or seen before. And so they would engage with each other through this kind of visual medium, which is one of the main tools that is has been developed and is continuing to be developed for working systemically with people in applied ways on the ground. Right. So there was follow-up. There was uh, follow-up interviews with them and then some f- a sort of follow-up report that happened. Um, and then on the last day of the, of the meeting, um, there was, after all of these open session, open space sessions, um, conversations, uh, some conversations where we came together and sort of learned from each other what we're learning and what we're focusing on, uh, and then the work with the client, we all came together as a large group and started to identify specific uh, actionable projects that we thought would be worthwhile to move forward. Because part of what we, I think, s- realize is that the work we're doing, so we're, again, working on, I would say, generally speaking, on peace and conflict dynamics, um, but there are other related aspects like community development um, or international de- development and the role that plays, um, or organizational development and the role that plays in more constructive conflict processes. Um, so that's the general focus, and it is part of a, I would say, a movement, um, a sort of nascent new movement in the field of peace and conflict studies where people think about these things systemically. They try to understand what's the difference between change and sustainable change around peace and conflict. Um, And there are pockets of groups, the Berghoff Foundation in Berlin has been a hub for one. There are groups in DC, there are groups around the world that are using and thinking in this manner in the peace and conflict world. And we wanted to sort of begin to establish a hub that would be a supportive hub for this movement to help it grow. Um, and so at the on the last day, we identified something like 30 various different projects. There's a long list of projects. Do you want to cite a couple of them? Sure. I mean, it goes from everything from very high level, um, how do we understand a phenomena, this phenomena or that, to very specific research study proposals, to um, different approaches of capturing different narratives as a way to understand systems. Um, There's a project here of understanding dynamics before and after conflict um, through a systems dynamic lens, um, ethics of this kind of work. Um, Also looking at um, going deeper into the Sheboygan experience, somebody I wanted to actually try to model that using simulation modeling. individual level variables that could be related to how these processes work, Um, different cases that we could look at, like Myanmar, Burma was a case that someone proposed, Israel-Palestine is another. So here's a a couple of examples. So uh, in Myanmar, a couple of our colleagues, uh, Stephen Gray and and Josephine Roos, are working with Danny Burns and myself um, on trying to see if if, uh, principles and methods of uh, complexity work and mapping can help us understand the sort of levers for facilitating more sustainable peace processes there. So Myanmar is going through a radical transition now, um, a sort of openness to more democratic processes and openness to the international community. And so it is ripe for uh, change, uh, changes happening there. And the question is, will the change continue? Will it be stabilized? Will it 
be nonviolent or will new violence be a resurgence of violence? Um, and so there work, we're working there to both do um, a community-based project where they work with two uh, communities in the north that has continued to experience some violence to, um, uh, in the north um, and to see if they can work with community members to map and uh, see opportunities for levers for sustainable peace, um, as well as we're focusing on a particular research project, which is focused on something called resonance. And the idea with resonance is in complex systems, some areas just have energy. They have energy and people mobilize and organize around that. And so, and, and people that work on the ground know that in their gut. They know it through intuition that this, there's energy here. People are excited about this. People are organizing around this. So, but, but it's hard to talk about. It's hard to identify. It's hard to know what it is and isn't. So we are, we're hoping to use the opportunity of this case to do more rigorous research on defining that and then eventually possibly developing metrics to measure it, things of that nature. So that's one example of several. There's work on urban violence in both Colombia, the country, and, and in Newark that will be headed up by Aldo Civico, who's at Rutgers um, with a, a team of people. Uh, there's uh, some proposal to do additional work in Israel-Palestine with Jay Rothman and, um, and his group there. So there are uh, both applied projects. There are more basic research projects. There are just collaborations that emerge from this. So there's a variety of, of things. Um, and one of the more exciting ones is the next steps, which um, right. will bring us to Hawaii. Right. So we're going to Hawaii. Um, from Sheboygan to Hawaii. So we definitely found this to be a very fruitful experience. Um, I think we should mention, too, that what it, what it took for so many um, practitioners and others who are very busy people, very active in the field, to take a week of their time away to participate in this lab. And not just, it's not like a conference where they're coming in and out. They were pretty much engaged throughout each day from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah. all days, maybe breaking away to check email and things. So they were very, that's a hard thing to do. It's yeah. not, and it wasn't vacation. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly wasn't that either. It was exhausting. It was hard work. And it was an investment by everybody. That I have to say that the, the Kohler Foundation, who are located in Sheboygan, underwrote a bunch of it. Also AC4, our consortium, underwrote some of it. Um, and so there were funds, so we couldn't pay people to come, but we could pay for travel and pay for the event itself. Um, and then everybody that was there, we, we figured, uh, contributed in kind because they donated their time, their energy, their, you know, and these yeah. are oftentimes consultants who are very expensive. Right, right. Um, so there was a deep investment in this um, and, genu and general enthusiasm for the value of it uh, following up. And, and we know that now because as we start to plan for Hawaii, we see the interest in people attending, and and it's great. Most of the members who participated this year want to come again. So one next of the year. so one of the co-facilitators, Rob Sigliano, who's at the University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee, uh, has a relationship uh, had a relation has a relationship with the Kohler Foundation and brought us in there, but also has been working with uh, the eBay organization and one of their foundations in um, in Hawaii to do a lot of community development work, um, indigenous is issues around indigenous grievances, um, and have been working there actively for a while. And so they're now interested in bringing this group in to uh, Hawaii for a week. Um, we'll go in probably as a pre-team beforehand 
and do some prep work w um, with the organizations that they work with on the ground. And then again, this group will come together for another week-long institute there where we both engage with the community members as well as continue the kinds of conversations that had happened initially. So that's will be underwritten by the eBay Foundation, will be uh, again designed, we don't know, right. <laughs> frankly. We, I think we'll have a better idea of design, but also yeah. we know up front to leave it open, as open as possible. Right, we, it's, it's, it's the undesigned design. So it's the idea that there's a structure that we know that we'll have to uh, um, disintegrate as we go and adapt to uh, where the resonance is, where the energy is for the group as it evolves over time. Um, and and my hunch is that the the community work will be incorporated probably even more than it was before. Yeah, we hope to earlier on engage with the community, engage both practitioners and researchers, so that because this was more practice heavy in terms of uh, applying thinking, but we would like the, the the scholars involved as well early on, people like Larry Leibovich and Tim Erlinger, to uh, help really conceptualize what would be useful for them for them, the communities, what would be useful for the group, what would be useful for research and the future agenda of research. And, and again, have a similar type of experience that we had last year, but have to, but take it to the next level. The, the biggest challenge we have is who not to involve because there are now another wave of people who are interested in coming. We only have so much funding. Right. So if you're interested in funding this, <laughs> feel free to contact us directly. Um, so I think we're going to wrap it up um, for this week or for this month. But um, thank you, Nick, for engaging with me if, in both the DST lab and in the conversation. Thank you for having me. Uh, and perhaps we'll come back in a year and tell you how things went off in Hawaii. <laughs> because he does 20 minute nights right there at Skill uh, Shack. He's on like every day at KCR. And uh -huh. He does particularly long Thursday broadcasts, but he does like 20 minute nights there. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And so I was like, I'm getting out of here. Like, I'm not going to stand in there. So right. he's recording it and monitoring the level from a different program than he started in. But still, <laughs> so it's still recording in there, but I'm not going to push stop until he finishes his recording. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. But that's the okay. levels were good. I couldn't like listen to everything. Right. So that's exactly I'm sure it was yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. This all right. Is such a weird setup. I'm sorry. That's, that's all right. okay. That's all right. We're Th I mean, um, this felt more natural. I mean, it was I nicer for me than being in the studio. I mean, you you've done both. You're used to it, maybe. So. Yeah, but I, I agree. It's 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 seemed less onerous. Yeah. Um, but either way, we can we can adapt either Sometimes way. Sometimes it's fun to feel official, but otherwise, <laughs> right. sit back and not ask a question. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you again for facilitating it. Yeah. Um, any idea when this will air? Yeah, it airs always the second Monday of every month. So, whatever so the second Monday of this upcoming October, October is, like this is the October interview. Oh, okay. So, it so will be sometime like next week, right? No, no in like two, two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. Three right. weeks. Okay. I think three weeks. Yeah. Okay. Good, because we can tell the, we'll publicize it. the DST group to listen in. Listen in. Yeah. Well, we'll have the um, online link a little bit later, right? Yeah, like the day, that night I can oh, put it on. That's like awesome. Or okay. Friday. Better. Okay, great. Um, so okay. Good. Yeah. okay, sounds good. Great. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Good to see you again. Wait, were there any moments that you wanted to like not have in there? It just so. went smoothly. It was good. Okay. Yeah, I think it was. It no, we kept well. we kept going. Okay, sure. perfect. Yeah. Great. This was a blast.
All right. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs>